Hey everyone, welcome to the Harvest Rochester podcast. Harvest Rochester is a non-denominational, Bible-believing, Christ-exalting church located in Rochester, Minnesota. My name is Brent Thomas. I am the worship and creative arts pastor here at Harvest. And for the next four weeks, we will be discussing Harvest Momentum, an initiative in our church that has us relocating from Kellogg Middle School to John Marshall High School starting on April 14th. We'll be discussing details and logistics of that move, as well as leaning into the spiritual journey God has us on. So fasten your seatbelts, everybody, because here we go. So for this first week, we want to answer the question, what is momentum? And more importantly, why does it matter? Now, if we're just speaking physically, momentum is a product of an object's mass and velocity. You could say that anything that has mass and is moving at any sort of speed has momentum. But when we use that term in real life, we're speaking about things moving in a positive direction. In sports, if a team has momentum, it means things are clicking and they're moving towards their goal of scoring or winning, etc. In life, we want momentum in our lives because it implies things are moving in a positive direction. We nailed the job interview, we connected to a person we're interested in, we found 20 bucks in our coat, and so on. So as it relates to our church, we want momentum, but only if God is the one providing it. We're not looking for some man-made momentum because that will only last as long as we can sustain the mass and velocity needed. Rather, with God initiating and sustaining, we merely have to place ourselves in a position to allow Him to use us to keep the momentum going. And that's what we're praying for, for God to use us to bring momentum for His kingdom and His glory, because that's an eternal momentum that God has set in motion from the beginning of time. Now, in 2011, October to be exact, we planted the church and we started meeting at Kellogg Middle School. And I would say that momentum was definitely happening. We had 47 adults that were committed and signed on to say, hey, we want to see this Bible-believing, Christ-exalting church in Rochester. And so we jumped in. And that first service, we saw about 200 people there. And some of those were well-wishers, people visiting from out of town to say, hey, we're so excited. We've heard about this. We're wishing you guys well. And then that next service, we saw it swing back to around 80 And from there, it was kind of this game of hoping and praying. And I remember that first year was hard because we weren't making budget. We had kind of set things up and now we were in a place where we needed a certain amount of money to keep going and to keep things moving and have momentum. And there was a time where we're like, okay, is this thing going to keep going? Is God going to blow the wind in the sails of this thing? And uh, I remember Steve being on his face in his basement. We used to office out of his basement and saying, God, you, you call this here. You said you were going to do this, so we're trusting you to do it. And that next Sunday, um, we had the biggest offering we ever had. We had a you know a really energetic service. We had a lot of people committing, and we never looked back from there. And from there, it's been this steady pattern of growth. And over the past uh, couple of years, we've kind of seen that even out. And uh, in that time, in that period of time, we went to two services. Um, 
just recently, starting in January, we changed our service times um, to try to counteract some of this. We had a really heavy, heavily populated uh, nine o'clock service and not as heavy at the 11. So we switched to 830 and 1030. And now we're seeing the, the shift of that. It's a smaller sampling for sure, but we're seeing a, a, a smaller 830 service and a larger 1030 service. And uh, just recently we had someone come out um, to kind of help us look at, okay, um, how can we better do our setup and teardown uh, for the past, you know, seven and eight years, we've been storing all our things at Kellogg. And that's been a huge blessing. It's been a huge uh, amount of weight lifted off the shoulders of the setup and takedown team to just be able to put those things in a storage room or in a certain part of the school. And uh, but we kind of noticed we were getting lackadaisical things were kind of creeping out and not not everything had a home. So we had a, a consultant come in from a place called Portable Church Industries. And uh, they were really great to work with. And that was an opportunity for us to go, okay, you know, if we could clean slate this thing, what would it look like? And the interesting thing we found from that consultant is he does this a lot. And he said that, man, I'm kind of amazed that you're getting this amount of people in and out of your church, in and out of this school that is a church every weekend. Um, Your parking lot can't sustain it. Um, Really, the, the logistics of the building, the way the classrooms are um, set up and located in your lobby from to your auditorium and the seats that are available in the auditorium and the way that the seats are, are set up. He was kind of amazed that we had, had experienced the growth that we had seen. Maybe our facility just can't sustain um, what we're asking for from the Lord. And so uh, we started to pray and seek about adding a third service. And uh, to be completely honest, as a staff member of this church, that was a daunting task for us in a, in a setup and teardown location to think about three services, whether one on Saturday night or three on Sunday morning. And so we we kind of started to think, okay, well, what else is, is a possibility? And last year around Easter and Good Friday, we did uh, services at Century High School. And that was partly um, just to try and do a, a different location and a, a bigger auditorium to fit more people and less amount of services. But also we were like, OK, what are the high schools like in town? Would that be, uh, you know, people we can work with? Would they allow us in there? Is that something that is a possibility for us to move to? And so that's kind of started that discussion in motion. So when this kind of came to fruition with this consultant saying, hey, I don't think your facility can sustain this, we decided, all right, let's start looking more intently at a high school. And John Marshall High School um, is uh, near and dear to your pastor's heart um, because he graduated from there. Um, But also there's uh, the largest auditorium besides the Mayo Civic Center, which is, you know, a public uh, arena in town that is located in John Marshall High School. So the largest auditorium outside of some type of event space is in a high school. So we started to have conversations with them, and that led to um, more and more ideas of we could do this and what would it look like. And so the school was actually excited for us to consider that possibility. Um, Kind of a little backstory, too, for the first, uh, I think, four or five years of us doing church at Kellogg, uh, the principal there actually took a job at John Marshall High School. So he is now the current principal over there. So he knew who we were, he knew our reputation, and he was excited to have us in there. 
And again, momentum, right? That's what we were seeking. So uh, we started to kind of see that. We had, you know, the approval of the principal and the school uh, was excited for us to be in the rear. We started to work with uh, maintenance and IT departments and they were uh, not at all like standoffish. They were welcoming and, and excited to try to accommodate us on the weekends. And so in those discussions, we started to say, okay, what's God doing? Can we make this happen? And what does that look like? Um, now, that meant this kind of this paradigm shift of, well, we no longer have storage. We can't just, you know, pull things out of a closet and set up our church. We'd have to trailer in and trailer out all of our equipment and cases. And um, that continued to kind of be the discussion we had. And I remember I, I made a phone call over to our brothers and sisters at Harvest in Madison, Wisconsin. And I said, hey, you know, just kind of asking some questions about this or that and, you know, how did this go for you guys? Because they're doing the same thing as uh, we're, we were seeking to do. And uh, the pastor, Dave Jacobson, says to me, he goes, hey, you know, we just got a building um, and we're going to be done meeting at the school. And so we're looking to actually get rid of all of our portable equipment. And so, again, the timing of it was just kind of like it was another like a little push to kind of speed this thing up and give it some velocity. And so, you know, started praying through that and talking with them. Okay, yeah, we could do that. This is, they have all the equipment um, that we would basically need. And we, you know, have some of our stuff that we can piece in there. And so it started to look like a real possibility. So then the question came, okay, well, what does this, you know, look like for our church um, as far as Sunday mornings? And being in there um, and counting the seats, uh, you know, about 1,800 seats in there. And so you think about a church, our church is roughly five to 600 people. Um, thinking about splitting that up into two services uh, and staying with the, the same times that we're doing now. And being in an auditorium of that size, we were like, there's no momentum in that. Uh, there's no energy in that. And so the best decision we felt like for our church to help it continue to feel that momentum of, of uh, God's people gathering together on a Sunday morning was to say, okay, one service back to 10 a.m., right, right where we started. And um, that's obviously going to have a lot of effect on the way our church operates in other areas. And the biggest thing I think of that is serving working for Christ, right? Um, right now we have a worship one, work one mentality um, that we desire for our people where, you know, if you did serve in an area, um, you could do that for one service and then attend church at the second service and, and be a part of the church family in that second service. And so kind of removing that possibility seems a little terrifying to me. But at the same time, I think it's an awesome opportunity for us to look at what are we called to do as disciples of Jesus Christ? How can we be worshiping, walking with, and working for Christ on a regular basis? And how can this be a routine of our life? I think this consumer mentality of church that can creep in, even in my own heart, in my own mind, is so terrifying that I would think that you know somehow I can't do this or that um, because I need to receive, I need to, to get from my church. When in reality, I think what we're going for at Harvest Rochester is an uncommon community of people that would be wanting to serve each other first and foremost. And anybody who would come in who's seeking a relationship with Jesus Christ or just seeking a, a community of people that won't judge them and won't just pass a bunch of uh, self-righteousness onto them, that they would be able to come in and be served while they're there, that it wouldn't feel like, oh, I'm, I'm hindered in any way, that 
we would be laying down, you know, our coats um, for them to walk on if needed. And that's the kind of church I want to be part of. And that's the kind of church I want to be. And so first and foremost, you know, from a leadership standpoint, I feel like it's important just to express that, to say that we want to serve each other with everything that we have. We want to lay down our lives for one another. And um, that's what Jesus Christ did. That's what God called us to do. So here we are. We find ourselves looking at this going, Lord, uh, we're going to trust that you're behind this move. And it seems bigger than us, but we know it's not bigger than you. So I think the question is, as we kind of wrap up this first episode, is how can you be involved? How can you be a part of this momentum? And the next three weeks at our church will be Momentum Sundays, where we'll be asking you to commit to helping your church pull this off. So would you start praying about what your next step is? Is it serving once a month? Is it finding a role where you can serve every week? Is it making a commitment to invite someone to church every week in the next coming months? Maybe it's asking people in your small group to take their next step with you. See, the greatest hindrance to momentum is adding mass that isn't moving at the same velocity. So I can sit here and be all revved up about what God's doing and ready to go after it. But if enough people aren't at that same speed, we'll see it slow down really quick. So praying for you, Harvest, praying for the community, we have the ability to impact and praying for our city that we would be a light in the darkness and the love of Jesus to anyone we meet. Let's move with momentum. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Harvest Rochester podcast. If you want more information, you can visit us on our website at harvestrochester.org. That's harvestrochester.org or on Facebook and Instagram at Harvest Rochester. And we'd love to have you visit us for a Sunday service. We meet every week at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. at Kellogg Middle School until April 14th, where we will be located at John Marshall High School at 10 a.m. We'd love to see you there. We'll see you next time. You are loved.